Hi, this episode is sponsored by Love Your Gut Club. Love Your Gut Club is the how of getting and keeping your gut healthy. It is recommended to you know, eat better all the time, exercise, be more conscious of you know, environment and toxins and you know, do everything we can to stay healthy. But if our guts are unhealthy, it's very hard to get to the health that we are striving for. And in today's episode, we are talking about why gut health even matters and things you can do immediately to start helping your own microbiome to be as resilient as possible. And that matters because it's a big part of our immune system, our defenses, our aging process. So if you'd like to learn more about Love Your Gut Club, you can visit jenrice.podia.com. That's J-E-N-N-R-I-C-E dot podia, P-O-D-I-A dot com. Hi, and welcome to Functionally Fit with Jen Rice. I am really excited to be here today to talk about gut health and why does gut health even matter? And, and how do we go about beginning to fix it? And this is something that I'm asked about all the time. And I feel like this would make a great episode to really go through a little bit of the why behind gut health and how it affects so many other aspects of our, our well-being, right? So Hippocrates said that all disease begins in the gut. And, you know, there was a time that modern medicine really just didn't, didn't acknowledge this, didn't pay much attention to gut flora, didn't connect the dots between digestive issues, chronic pain, obesity, and even mental health issues like anxiety and depression. But we know now uh, that really the gut that's healthy is going to have a healthier immune system and better heart health, better brain health, more effective digestion, better sleep. So for me, I was, um, I was struggling with relentless heartburn, the kind of heartburn that wakes you up at one, two, just as you've gotten to sleep, one, two in the morning, uh, you're up again and you're out on the couch I drank pickle juice, I took medications, I took um, everything over the counter, all the what would be considered natural quote unquote remedies. And I did find a prescription medicine that was, was helpful to me, but wasn't really good for me long term. So the, this medicine was something called a proton pump inhibitor. And that's something I think would make a great episode talking a little bit more about proton pump inhibitors in general, how a medication that was designed to be used for no more than six weeks at a time is now being used for months and months, if not years. I would say that if I was to guess, I'd say probably two-thirds to three-quarters of the patients that I see are on something like omeprazole. They're just, it's on their drug list, and it's something that I specifically take note of because I'm looking 
I'm looking for it, seeing if it's on the list. I know it has consequences and possible side effects that aren't really highlighted as much for patients, and then they just continue taking it. So instead of looking at food as a, a healing place, we are you know, drawn to the pill, and I was too. So I became allergic to the proton pump inhibitor that I was taking, uh, so much so that I actually went to the emergency room twice. I didn't know what was causing it until I had an ER physician who attended to me on the second visit, and he said that his wife had had a allergic reaction to the same medicine that I was on, and she her uvula, which is the thing that hangs in the back of your throat when you go, ah, in the mirror, uh, the uvula swelled up so much so that it almost uh, enclosed her, her, her throat. And of course, he was he was with her, he was at home, but he didn't have any of the tools that he would have needed to help her. So they, too, went to the emergency room and got help where they pinpointed that the only thing that she was taking at the time was this proton pump inhibitor. So they're not, uh, they're not as, as benign of a drug as maybe they're made out to be. It's a super large business, too. I don't know the most recent sales of over-the-counter, pro- they were prescription at one point, now they're over-the-counter. I don't know the current sales of them, but I know it's in the m- tens of millions of dollars uh, I- uh, annually, right? So there's a big business to it, a lot of reason to not necessarily highlight any of the side effects or potential consequences. And so I, I think it's our job as informed patients to you know speak up and ask for other options to you know engage in our own activities that are better for our guts and so so this episode is really focusing on you know why do we even need a healthier gut and and what's behind that so we know that a healthier gut can lead to a better immune system and it provides some long lasting energy and uh it can help us with our balancing our moods and our skin and all sorts of anti-inflammatory properties when we're eating food that is nourishing and that's nutritious and not food that's highly processed. So a good balance of you know, proteins, greens, anti-inflammatory foods, fruits and veggies are, are really key to fixing our gut health. And so if you're looking to have better all-around gut flora, eating the right kinds of protein are, are, is, is pretty key. And if you already have been diagnosed with, um, you know, let's say Crohn's or ulcerative colitis or you have some other, you know, ulcer or Barrett's esophagus, as certainly you want to consult your healthcare team, your primary care providers, your specialists before you change any foods or any plans that they already have you on because they know you the best and you don't want to just start something without their permission. So as always, I just, as a quick disclaimer, you know, anything on the podcast should not be considered medical advice, but an outline of options that you can discuss with, you know, your healthcare team. And so 
plant-based proteins are healthier for the gut versus meat uh, versus our meat counterparts and that's because there's a higher nutrient value and fewer calories when it comes to like plant that's why you hear about this plant-powered foods or plant-based proteins um, organic pea protein is one of those products organic pumpkin seed protein is another one of those options and then fruit and vegetables in general we know that Sometimes fruit gets a bad rap when it comes to diabetes, but if you've read the book, Mastering Diabetes, um, if you haven't read it, I highly suggest reading it if you have diabetes, because I think the two, um, the two experts that wrote that book walk in the shoes of a type 1 diabetic, and they have some amazing uh, stories of health and vibrance through their insulin-dependent diabetes and eating fruits. So fruits in general, I don't think is something that you have to really hold back on. I think you just have to be more conscious of where those fruits are coming from. A cherry pie is not an example of a, of a fruit based in nature. It's something that's highly processed, right? But if you were to eat cherries, like maybe a handful of cherries, that would be a totally different thing. And things like raspberries, um, goji berries, pomegranate, peach, blueberry, all considered superfruits when it comes to gut health. And you can incorporate these alongside greens. You can incorporate it alongside the proteins that were mentioned before. And greens in general are really amazing for the growth of gut bacteria and they can really help get us in a higher fiber range a lot of times we're low low in fiber and we can raise that by eating things like broccoli barley grass wheat grass aloe vera um, all of these things can also help with managing weight which is exciting I would say that having cooked vegetables is, um, was easier for me to do. I'm not so good with raw vegetables. So you may find that depending on your gut issues, you may not be able to tolerate raw vegetables, but it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy something steamed or um, you know, air fried or those, those kind of options. And anti-inflammatories are things that actually will soothe the stomach. And these things are important to try to incorporate in our diet, but we wanna be cautious of how much is too much. So you don't need to go overboard with, with any of these, but it's great to add these things to uh, maybe as spices to meals. Uh, there is supplementation with something like milk thistle, but spice-wise, you know, we've got turmeric, uh, rose hips, and there's a lot of things that can energy boost without the kickback that sometimes coffee will give. Uh, like coffee can be very acidic, especially people with um, gut issues. Trying to have a little less coffee can can be really helpful out the gate, and that's where switching for herbal teas, green teas can be really helpful because that will help to break down um, those metabolism booster 
ingredients without making your gut feel, you know, more queasy or have more gas bloating, alternating of diarrhea, constipation. So I think that before we jump into the actual why behind gut health, we should maybe go over a little bit of what are the common signs of an unhealthy gut? How do you even know if your gut needs healing? And, you know, an obvious thing would be something like stomach discomfort. You have gas, you have bloating, you have abdominal pain, you feel like you're you know, unwell most days than feeling well, lots of foods, no matter what you eat, tend to upset your stomach. That's definitely a hallmark sign, but it doesn't mean you only have to, that you have to have that in order to have an unhealthy gut. You can have fatigue alone. And it's reported that people with chronic fatigue syndrome have imbalances uh, in the gut microbiome most likely, which consists of bacteria, microorganisms, fun, you know, fungus, viruses, all of these things like live in the, the, the GI tract. But most of the time when they're in balance, they, they don't cause a lot of problems. But we do know that if you're experiencing fatigue, if you have a lot of fatigue in general, if you've been diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, it's important to look for imbalances in the gut and to work on good gut, gut health and you know, very focused on nutrient-dense food to, to combat that fatigue. Another symptom can be food cravings. So eating too much sugar can give you a lot more of the bad bacteria. And if you're craving a lot of salt, that can also be a sign that things are a little bit out of whack if you've had unintentional weight changes. So this is a big one, and this was something that, that happened for me where I gained, I don't know, about 35 pounds um, over the course of, what, 20 years on and off, I, you know, 15 to 20 years. And it wasn't necessarily, uh, the quantity of food I was eating, it was definitely the type of food I was eating and drinking. Uh, so when you have these weight changes, and we know that the Western diet is really high in fat and refined carbohydrates, and this can promote intestinal bacteria that's linked to obesity. So to say that getting your gut in check and getting it as healthy as possible can lead to weight loss is a very real statement because if there are if there is additional bacteria that's linked to obesity that we remove by eating more healthier things or better gut healing options then that um, then that's a win across the board right another symptom can be skin irritation in general and i see a lot of skin rashes and chronic skin problems as a dermatology PA. I see acne, psoriasis, eczema, and these are linked to, uh, in fact, the most recent study was uh, July 2018. Frontiers of Microbiology said that the gut microbiome influences the skin through complex immune mechanisms and that probiotics and prebiotics may help balance the gut and prevent these inflammatory skin issues. I also think that 
there are certain foods that can be more of a trigger for all of those. Um, dairy can be one, gluten can be one. It's very hard for people to know until they try an elimination as to whether or not this, um, that it, you know, it's helpful to avoid certain things. But it, usually within a 21 day elimination, you can see if, if it's a benefit and if not, uh, go back to whatever food you had removed. Another thing is allergies, and oh gosh, I had lots of seasonal and allergic, you know, reactions all through my childhood. Lots of seasonal respiratory things, even a, a little bit of skin allergies, and um, you know, food allergies are a big one on everybody's list now. A lot of children carrying around EpiPens, and um, you know, there's a lot to the food allergies for sure. And so we do know that the gut microbiome may influence our nutrition, skin, and even the lungs. So getting the GI tract as healthy as we can can help us with our symptoms of, uh, of allergies or asthma. Autoimmune conditions, this is a huge one. So if you have and have already been diagnosed or maybe you've had for many years an autoimmune condition, that could be anything from rheumatoid arthritis to MS to thyroid issues. There can be um, a gut bacteria that can actually trigger the onset of autoimmune conditions. So we're not gonna unring the bell of already having an autoimmune condition but we are aware that you can have more than one autoimmune condition, and that does happen to, to, to patients. And um, one way of avoiding this, this domino effect, I'll call it, is to double down on getting as healthy as we can with our gut. Another symptom, if you're having mood issues, so this would be increased anxiety, increased depression. When the gut has disturbances, it can cause inflammation in the central nervous system. And there's definitely a lot of literature saying that this can be a potential cause of the worsening symptoms of both anxiety and depression. And so if we know that if the gut and brain are connected, then the influence of the gut on our moods just just makes sense. And then lastly, if you have migraines. So the journal, uh, the February 20th, the Journal of Headache and Pain found that while the link isn't clear, the gut-brain connection may impact migraines as well. It found that there is also a link between migraines and other related gut health conditions like irritable bowel syndrome. So I think that you know, what I'm getting at with all of this is that it, it makes sense to get your gut as healthy as possible. And the why behind that is to prevent all the things I listed just a couple minutes ago that can be symptoms. And if you don't have any of those, that's awesome and that's great. But you certainly don't want any of them as you get older. And it does seem that as we age, we can become more susceptible to things like you know, autoimmune conditions and other things where the body gets derailed a bit. So the first step in healing the gut is to identify and to remove 
offending foods. And if you stop eating the food that's affecting the lining of the intestines, you give your uh, you know, entire GI tract a chance to, to really heal. And a naturopath or a functional medicine practitioner can also help you identify if you have bacterial overgrowth, yeast, or parasites that may be affecting your gut health. And those practitioners will likely recommend tailored foods, supplements that help in gut repair, enzymes, and, and other um, lifestyle modifications. This is exactly what my functional medicine doctor did for me and what I help as a... Uh, as a coach for other people to learn this type of medicine is out there for them to take advantage of, whether it's through a, a naturopath, a licensed, um, you know, board certified uh, functional medicine practitioner. And, but you can also do a lot on your own as far as addressing some of your lifestyle habits. And you can balance other aspects of your health by getting your gut to optimal functioning. And this was why I wanted to create something like Love Your Gut Club and why I'm super excited that this is launching in July because I know that once people have the information and start taking steps towards really not only healing the gut, but then optimizing the function of it and start feeling better than they have in years, start losing the weight, get rid of the symptoms of heartburn, fatigue, um, you know, migraines, whatever they may be suffering with. It may not totally eliminate those things, but as you're stepping forward in progress, it just tends to make your health better and better. So, you know, their memberships like Love Your Gut Club are out there. Um, I think that the one that we're offering is, is, has a lot to offer people in the way of, um, you know, it's, it's affordable but of, of great value. And then in those uh, monthly topics that we'll hit on, we can, we can go on to things similar to what we, we talked about today, but empowering you to really take control of your own health. So the last thing I want to cover is things that you can do about it, um, you know, every day. And I think one thing that's really important is hydration. So making sure that you're getting plenty of water and that you're drinking half your body weight in ounces of water, not just, um, I, we always think we are drinking more than we are. And so measuring it is really important. Um, next thing is to incorporate as many colors of the rainbow in each meal that you can and making sure that you're you know, your food plate is not just like, you know, a one color tan or brown or, you know, we tend to, if we're eating a high, um, maybe grain based diet, that's always like a neutral color or even, even brown. And so we're looking to add in the, the rainbow to our dishes, whether that's, um, maybe a bright salmon with red peppers and green peppers and onions and, um, basil and, you know, adding in these colors that are of the rainbow is really a key way. You, you may not hit it at every meal, but you can definitely strive to make it more of a regular meal habit. And then lastly, making sure that you're taking time to de-stress because the, the gut is 
linked directly to stress levels. And I'm positive that mine was so overactive from, you know, stress. And not that I don't have um, an amazing life. Just because you have stress doesn't mean that you, you know, aren't living a good life. Uh, life can be stressful. And there are a lot of things that, um, that are good stress. A lot of stress moves us forward. But being able to have that downtime to offload a bit, scheduling into your week, which is um, really important to do ways of decompressing, whether that's through short meditations on your phone, taking a walk outside with your dog, but making sure that you don't neglect those moments of nothing. Because a lot of times we will schedule ourselves out to the whole day and then there's nothing left for what I call like the white space or the open space of just enjoying the moment. So it's a constant struggle for me. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a struggle for you, if you're listening. And it is something that we can work on and do a much better job of paying attention to because our health really should be, if we treat our health like we treat our job or our career, which we're super serious about, we don't, we don't want to let people down at work or in our career. We show up, we make commitments, we follow through. This is what we need for our own health because it's, it's everything for our future. So I hope this episode was of value to you. If you enjoyed it, please uh, feel free to share it with someone. Uh, I think the more people learn about the Functionally Fit podcast, the more that we can empower people to step forward in their health and make some big changes. Also, if you want to share it on social media, please consider tagging me at Jen Rice PA. And I would love to um, get you something, uh, a little something special for doing that. So I hope that you have a great day and week, and we will be back soon with another episode.